May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Happy Mother's Day again. A friend of mine put up on Facebook a blog posting that, I don't know where he got it from, probably Facebook, and uh, it was a, a mother in America reflecting on Mother's Day. And the first part of it was talking about the origins of Mother's Day. Does anyone know about where Mother's Day comes from? Well, it comes from a woman called Anna Jarvis, who in 1908 wanted to find ways to honour her mother, who had been uh, a Sunday school teacher and a caregiver for the wounded soldiers during the Civil War. And so she campaigned from 1908 to 1914 for Congress to make the second Sunday in May Mother's Day, a day to honour mothers. By 1920, she was so disgusted by the way that card companies and florists and other people had turned Mother's Day into a day of making money that she then spent the rest of her life campaigning to get Mother's Day struck off by Congress. (laughs) She actually described the florists and greeting card manufacturers as charlatans, bandits, pirates, racketeers, kidnappers and termites that would undermine with their greed one of the finest, noblest and truest movements and celebrations. So today is a day that we can give thanks for mothers. But there are problems and commercialism isn't the only one. The person who put up the blog posting about Anne Jarvis also talked about her own experience of Mother's Day, which was... On this one day of the year, her husband organises her children to do amazing things for her, and it's great. And every other day of the year, her husband was nowhere to be seen when it came to those things. And she thought, actually, a little less focus on the second Sunday in May and a little more focus on every other day would be much more appropriate. I'm not going to make any comment about that. Another friend also put up a posting reminding us that actually Mother's Day for a whole lot of people isn't such a good experience. There are all those mums for whom today is just another day of hard slog of being a mum. And they're not going to have all the extra stuff for all sorts of reasons. And then for others there is the grief for the woman who would love to be mothers but can't for all sorts of reasons. And so today is a reminder of that wound. And then there are all those for whom the word mothers does not conjure up a positive image at all. Their experience of mothers was, for the most part, negative. For lots of reasons. They were absent or violent or abusive, too drunk, too stoned, or the mothers who disowned their children for any number of reasons, but including their sexual orientation. For these people, Mother's Day is not a great day. In fact, it's a day that brings with it a profound sense of loss and guilt and anger and rejection. So yes, let us remember that today is a day we honour mothers, and let us honour the mothers But let us also remember those for whom today is not a celebration.
It would seem that the lectionary is smiling on us on this Mother's Day. For the second time in four years, in fact year B seems to do this, we are in the eighth Sunday in Easter and the key theme for the two readings, especially John's first letter and the Gospel of John, is all about love. So what better readings to have on Mother's Day than the readings we had this morning? The danger is, however, that we assume that we know what this love is, just like we assume that everyone's experience of Mother's Day is positive. Last week I talked about the way we use the phrase, I love you. And I talked about that one of the ways is, I love pizza, or I love growing tomatoes. And in that way we use the word love, we're actually talking about the way I feel about pizza, that the fact that pizza makes me feel good when I eat it, the flavours, the textures, when it's a good pizza, uh, it's yummy, so you feel good, and growing tomatoes is similar. And I also talked about how we often use it when talking about people. Often when people say, I love you, actually what they're saying is, I like the feelings in me when I am with you. I like the payback of being with you. Love, then, is a payback system. So is that the kind of love that's been talked about here? Well, on Tuesday, we had a conversation about this passage, and one of the people that came talked about some of the young people he works with and their concept of love, which is pretty much around, well, it's the payback system. Their understanding of love is, I enjoy the feeling with I'm, when I'm with you, or when I'm having sex, or when I own these things. That's what love is, the feelings that I have when I have these things, or I'm doing these things. It's a very narrow understanding of love. So I wonder, what on earth do people with this understanding and experience of love make of a reading like this? And when we talk about this kind of love that's in our reading today, what is it that they're hearing? What do we think we're talking about when we're talking about love? What do we think Jesus is talking about with this kind of love? Today's Gospel reading contains a version of the New Commandment that is usually translated, as we heard today, as This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Full stop. New sentence. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's one of those really good, feel-good passages. It's nice. But there are a couple of debatable points about this passage. And the first is, in the usual translation, we have two sentences. But actually, in the Greek, it's one sentence, not two sentences. And the translators, in trying to make sense of it, have gone, this is too hard, we'll chop it in half, we'll put a full stop in, and that'll make more sense of it. But the second problem is that the word that is translated as that is in every other case translated as in order that because of the way it's the tenses around that verb. So, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So, 
in that translation, the commandment is that you love one another. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for his friends. An alternative translation then becomes, this is my commandment, in order that you may love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love than this nobody has, that one would lay down his life for his friends. The, you may love one another just as I have loved you, is not then the command. The command is something that allows you to love one another as I have loved you. The command then becomes something completely different. So what then is the command? Well, maybe a way into that is to remind ourselves where this passage sits in John's Gospel, which of course you all know, this is part of Jesus' very long last speech in John's Gospel, the speech, where it all hinges, whether we should pay any attention to John. And that speech is given at the Last Supper. And in John's Gospel, the Last Supper begins with Jesus taking off his outer garment, putting on a towel, and washing his disciples' feet. Now, we're kind of used to that, and we've kind of lost how radical that was. Washing people's feet was something a servant or a slave did. Certainly not a rabbi, which is what Jesus is. He's a rabbi. He's at the top of the pecking order. People at the top of the pecking order order others way down the pecking order to do those kind of jobs. But here he is washing his disciples' feet. And then he offers this last block of teaching. And in this last block of teaching, as we heard today, he says, This is my command. In order that you may love one another just as I have loved you, greater love than this nobody has, that you would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do the things which I command you. Now all of this can sound quite pedantic, but I think it does alert us to the fact that what Jesus is talking about is quite big really. And I think the kind of love Jesus is talking about, well, I can speak about myself, it's well beyond me. And I suspect it's well beyond all of us. The truth is we all have a tendency to see love like pizza, whether we like it or not. We like the good feelings. And we look for the payback for feeling good. The payback for being rewarded in some way. And deep down, I think, we think God operates in the same way. In fact, I've heard Christians talk about how God operates in the same way. God loves us, and the payback is that God is rewarded by our loving God back. By serving God and worshipping God. But actually, the gospel story is simply, God loves us. There is no payback in there. God loves us so much that God was willing to pay whatever price was needed so that we might be free. That we might be reminded of who we are. That we are made in the image of that same self-giving love. 
the same love that God has for us, that same love we are made in the image of. And that's exactly the kind of love that's implied, well, stated in this, this is my command, in order that you may love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love than this nobody has, than one would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do the things I command you. Friends. It's another key word that I think we kind of miss the point of. It's a little bit trivialised in our world, really, isn't it? Friends. We have all sorts of people who are friends. I have over 600 friends on Facebook, some of whom I've never even met, but they're still my friends. Fellow Franciscans all around the world, other Heaventons, mistakes, people I asked, people who I thought I knew, sent a request, they accepted it, I could see who they were, and I went, oh, no, you're not who I thought you were. And then I felt bad. Well, I could have accepted my friend request, should I unfriend them? That feels a little rude. So they're still my friends, whatever that means. It's a word that doesn't pack such a big punch anymore. But in Jesus' world, the word friend packed a big punch. If you were somebody's friend, that meant you were the same level of honour. Now, Jesus' world, like the Middle East today, is an honour system world. Honour is all important. I've said that many times. Where you are on the pecking order of honour is all important and maintaining your honour is all important and a friend is the same honour as you and a friend is someone who would work to maintain your honour. A friend is a word reserved for a very few people. Family, close associates same honour. And so here we have Jesus, the rabbi, who is, even in the, without the gospel stuff, because he's a rabbi, up in the honour system, saying to his disciples, therefore people way down in the honour system, you are my friends. But the gospel writers spent a lot of time to show us that this Jesus, who comes from this poor family in Nazareth and therefore is of very low honour, is actually a person of the highest honour. And so this person of the highest honour says to his disciples, we are friends. I call you friends. You are of the same honour as I am. We are no longer rabbi and disciple. We are friends. And then this Jesus, who has just called them friends, washes their feet. This is my command, in order that you may love one another just as I loved you. Greater love than this nobody has, than one would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do the things which I command you. Jesus has just humbled himself and washed their feet. But this is the last, the last speech of Jesus. And straight after the speech, Jesus is arrested. And John is very clear 
Jesus lays down his life. It's not taken from him. In John's Gospel, he lays it down. Jesus is about to lay down his life on the cross. So what he is saying is, I will lay my life down for you. So what's the command? That you are to lay down your life for each other. That's the command. The same self-giving love. So let's kind of apply that. Look up, To be clear, look around the building. Look at each other. Jesus is saying, you are to lay down your lives for the people in this building. That's the command. And they are to lay down their lives for you. Just think about that for a moment. You are to lay down your life for everyone in this community. That is the love Jesus is talking about. Now ask yourself this. In a world where too many people think loving people is like loving pizza, in a world where nearly everyone, including us, at some level thinks loving someone includes some kind of payback, how on earth do we talk about this? I think the short answer is we don't. Jesus doesn't say go around and talk about this. Jesus says you are my friends if you do the things which I command you. So yes we might need to talk about love a little bit but actually what is much more important is our lives become examples for people to hang our words on. The technical term is primary images. The words don't work unless people can see them in action. And so we are to be people who live this out. We are to be imitators of this love. So that people who cannot hear about this love, who have no, not even the remotest idea about what this love is about can see it at work. As Francis said, preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary. So, how then do we do the things which Jesus commands? What does it mean for us to love one another just as Jesus has loved us. Greater love than this nobody has, than one would lay down his life for his friends. Let's pause for a moment and think about that and what that means for the way we live our lives and what that means for us on this Mother's Day.